0: This is a bonus episode of the Better Band Bureau podcast covering COVID-19 and how it is affecting the music industry. Welcome to this special episode of the Better Band Bureau podcast. It is a somber occasion because the world is essentially burning and no one has any idea what's going on. And among the industries that are particularly hard hit, obviously you have airlines and hotels and travel and anything related to that, but also artists and all of the support staff and support crew who are working in the live music industry. So anyone from tour managers, sound engineers, people working for venues, and booking agents, as well as really anyone who's involved in live music are being horribly affected by COVID-19. So today I have a special guest with me, Adam Loki of the band Pickwick Commons, who is also involved with Dynamic Talent Agency? How are you
1: today, Adam? I'm doing pretty good, uh, holding in there.
0: Yeah, I think that's about all we can do these days, because really no one knows what's going on and what's going to happen tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, you know, we were told it was probably going to be eight weeks, um, but really they're going to just play it by ear and extend that uh, that quarantine or or shorten it as as uh, the medical end of it develops.
0: Yeah, I, the main thing is just about having as few people as possible infected at one time. So I'm sure we can all understand why it's so important to self-isolate, and I would implore anyone who's listening, if you aren't self-isolating, please do so as much as possible, because that seems to be the only path out of this right now without really bad casualties. So I Without going further into how horrible the medical side of this is, Adam, you wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on with Dynamic Talent, which was formerly known as Artery Global, because it's having a huge impact on you and your colleagues over there. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what's going on for booking agents everywhere and how you're trying to cope with the events that are going on? Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, when when we start hearing about quarantine you know the first few weeks it's well we got to kind of keep moving got to keep booking keep an eye on that but um you know you can't slow down and uh you just got to hope your buyers um and and your promoters aren't gonna um you know try to try to cut the loss at some point uh and then when we hear news about you know the full eight-week shutdown um and at least everything through march being gone uh all of a sudden everyone uh You know, you got to scramble. It's uh, moving tours to later in the year, but at the same time, um, having to be really careful because you don't know when this is going to end and if you spend all your time moving a tour and then you have to move it again uh, and again, um, you're going to be behind the game if you had just moved it further out. Um, The thing that was basically said was the rest of this year, they're not going to be making new tours. It's going to be all rescheduling and it's going to be, you know, cause most people had already booked through, you know, the summer, right? You, you were working on summer tours. So now uh, everything from the spring gets moved to the fall and uh, you're, whatever you've been, you know, tossing around the back of your mind is already filling up uh, uh, December as well. Uh, and the summer is usually a really busy time for touring anyways. You know, no one wants to go out in the winter when it's cold. So um, it just got really competitive really quick. Uh, Everyone's pretty much going, you know, three months without a paycheck uh, on on that end of things uh, is, is kind of what's expected.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, you're mentioning people are going without paychecks. It seems like the live music industry is particularly hard hit because so many people work on commission or a contract basis. They're not W 2 employees, they're 1099. Or, I I don't know if commission would fall under W 2 or 1099. W 2. It is W 2. Okay. But it's not a traditional structure as somebody who works, you know, a nine to five. Even though there are lots of booking agents who work a nine to five, and there are lots of people who, you know, a production manager for a venue might work a nine to five and then go work a show that night, they're on a W 2 most likely. But a lot of the people still have a non-traditional payment structure. So that's why, at least in my opinion, the support staff for the live music industry are particularly hard hit because there's nothing that you can really do about it.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, I think a lot of the people who are musicians are also in like the service industry, like restaurants, because they kind of work with their schedules, right? Yep. And all restaurants are shut down, so they are all laid off there as well you know, whatever your secondary income source is. Yeah. So I think it's, it's pretty much everyone getting hit.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is somewhat unrelated, but my cousin, she lives in New Orleans, and I just talked to her mom last night, and she has three or four different gigs. She sings, she works in a bar or a restaurant, and then she does massage therapy, and all of those are gone. Yeah. Because social distancing. And as important as it is, it's still really devastating to many people. So I totally agree. Anybody who has a flexible side job is pretty much screwed at this point. Even Lyft and Uber are showing really terrible numbers compared to what they're usually doing. And personally, I would hate to be a Lyft or Uber driver right now because you never know if the person getting in your car is infected. So I wouldn't even want to drive right now if I was a driver.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people who Uber are coming from an airport or something, right? They're traveling. Yeah. It, or at least that's where the big money is. Is where you pick people up from an airport and take them to town. So, uh, I've been curious to see how DoorDash was doing, just because um, all restaurants are still doing delivery right now. Right, you're allowed to do takeout, you just can't go in. So they cut it down to just kitchen staff, but uh, then these people can deliver your food, and you know you don't have to see anybody.
0: Yeah, I don't know about DoorDash, but I know that Uber Eats has seen a massive boost. And I live in a a really rural area, so we don't have any delivery options really. Like we don't have Postmates or DoorDash or Uber Eats. But I'm also kind of surprised that they are seeing this boost because personally, when I got back home earlier this week, I had already said to my fiance, I'm not going to order takeout or anything because who knows if somebody in the kitchen is sick. And It just seems that this virus spreads so easily. It's really affecting every industry. And it's not that you don't know who to trust because people aren't maliciously spreading it. They don't know for two weeks. Yeah. So you don't know if somebody who handled your food is infected and there's droplets of the virus on the container or something. So why take that risk? That to me is just another thing that unfortunately is going to hurt businesses, but my main priority is not getting sick. I'm sure it's the same for you, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it spreads. Uh, I heard it had to do with, you know, uh, bodily fluids such as, you know, spit. So, like, coughing and sneezing, obviously. Um, But yeah, you know, definitely just uh, doing simple things is really what is going to stop it, you know? Like, you don't need to do anything too crazy, I don't think. You know, you don't need to wash your entire home and Uh, Spray everything with disinfectant. Um, But, you know, taking the basic precautions is going to, should be enough for most people.
0: Absolutely. So, back to Dynamic, and I'm sure this is essentially the same for any other booking agency throughout the States or even the world. When you're rescheduling the spring tours for the fall and pushing the last thoughts off into December, are you guys already looking forward to? 2021? Or are you just in crisis mode right now and doing everything you can to prevent the industry from melting down completely?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, 2021 a thought, but that's more for, I think, international artists uh, just because, <laughs> you know, if, if they're getting a work visa to come over, uh, that you need to plan pretty far ahead. And with this, we're not expecting travel to open up and be easy for everyone soon. Okay. Any large venue, 1,000 cap up, is, is the battleground, right? Um, smaller venues, uh, it really depends. Um, uh, we've had, you know, we've, we've been rescheduling a few tours. Instead of taking it to the fall, we're tacking it on to the summer tour uh, that was already planned and just extending the length if it wasn't with, a, with another band. Um, so, you know, some headliners are just going to be much longer, uh, cover more ground. Um, for smaller bands, it's it's kind of uh, playing it by ear as well. Um, what I've been doing a, a decent amount of is, uh, you know, just shooting random dates to people and being like, "Hey, think you could do anything with this?" Uh, and and seeing what um, you know, seeing the response we get because every promoter is reacting to this differently. You know, uh, promoters in New York, where it's been hit pretty hard, are way different than promoters in, in Montana right now and in the, in their opinions on what's going on. And, you know, uh, even locally, uh, we have the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, and that's that's where I'm located. 200-cap um, venue, and originally it was just supposed to be gatherings of 250. So they got a few extra days of, of shows in, and then they changed that. And, you know, a small venue like that, uh, you know, we're all pretty worried about the hit, you know, those size venues are going to take in like DIY spaces and stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. And potentially, I mean, most larger venues are owned by, you know, Live Nation or AEG or anything, but there are also plenty of larger venues who are unaffiliated. So are you worried about when you're rebooking all these tours that, in three to four months, so like half of these venues might not exist anymore. Is that a concern for you guys?
1: Yeah, it is. There's definitely, uh, you know, different buyers and different venues that that might um, end up going away by then. But we also think, with everyone being hit, or at least I think with everyone being hit, uh, that there's going to be some government money to help keep a lot of places open. Um, Right. And it, that's not exclusive to the music industry. That's that's everyone. Um, and I, I'm no expert on all this going on. You know, I just uh I, I work under um the head guy over at, at Dynamic, uh Trevor, and you know, I I listen, right?
0: Yeah. You pick up what you can pick up and you gotta roll with it, right?
1: Yeah. So uh and I wouldn't even say, you know, we're scrambling or anything. Luckily when uh this whole music industry got hit. Uh, everyone kind of band together, and and um, you know the promoters are more responsive than normal. These tour rebookings are going way faster than any tour booking uh, ever goes. So, um, and it's it's because you know these tours that were already announced and already on sale, they've already got tickets sold. So um, they don't want to return that money, and they want to be able to keep selling. So they really quickly want to turn these around and say, "Here's the new date," so people can, uh, you know, still buy tickets. And what we're seeing is people are still buying tickets. Um, you know, it's for further out, right? Uh, and we expect, you know, the first few tours after the uh, after things get going again to be a little a little slow on attendance, but um, we still see some tickets selling
0: you think people are still going to be a little hesitant to go out in public, even if uh, health officials give the all clear and say it's safe to resume normal activities?
1: I think at first, right? um, I can't speak for everyone. Some people will and some people won't. Uh, I think that depends on, you know, your age range, how healthy you've been in your life, if a vaccine is readily available.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those all seem like factors that people probably are, and if they are not, should be taking into consideration. Yeah. As far as you're also in a band, Pickwick Commons, which I interviewed you and Brandon, I think it was almost a year ago, in a series of YouTube videos about managing your own band. How are you and Brandon adapting with Pickwick Commons to what's going on right now?
1: So we were setting up uh, a May tour. We basically spent the last few months, um, working on some singles and making sure we were happy with them. Uh, luckily, Brandon's got a home studio and that's where we do everything. Um, so we were working on a May tour uh, with some cool bands uh, and it was built around a hardcore festival. And this was, you know, beginning of May. festival was Promcore. That's out in Tulsa. Um, real cool festival. Uh, but essentially what we... What I heard over at Dynamic was um, we're not sure when this is going to stop. In early May is likely uh, likely a no go. So, like while the venue is playing it by ear and waiting to get um, approval from from the state or to see if it gets extended, um, you just kind of have to expect it to be a problem.
0: Yeah, and I gotta say, at this point, early May is soon. That's a month and a half.
1: Yeah, we would have been announcing the tour in um, probably in a few days. Uh, most of it had been wrapped up. We were going to go to Texas, uh, over to uh, Alabama, uh, and up through uh, Georgia to get home. So that that was all planned. So we we scrapped the tour. We're trying to reschedule for July, um, but the band that was you know was involved. We're not sure if they're going to be involved anymore. Because um, everyone's being hit financially at home, right? So, um, you know, our, our our guitarist Colin, he he works a, a, at a restaurant, so um, or I guess worked at a restaurant is the right way to put it. So we don't know even if by July how his financial situation is going to be. Um, but we we have to go ahead with the intention to do it right um, and play it by ear uh, as, as we approach that. Um, so if the festival still happens, we'll still go out and play the festival, but we can't, um, we can't plan an entire tour around a a maybe, right?
0: Yeah. That wouldn't make any sense and would in the long run probably damage your finances even more because of the investment you'd have to put into getting that tour together and promoting it. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense to do that. And obviously Tulsa is, uh, not super close to you. How uh, far is that from Indianapolis?
1: I think maybe ten hours. It's for a nonprofit, Oklahomans for Equality. So uh, they help support um, trans rights in the LGBTQ plus community, and, and um, so you know, there's no money involved on our end. We're we're playing to to support. Um, so it's going to be ten hours there and back uh, on our own dime and merch sales.
0: Yeah. So basically, you're looking at. Three days you're looking at a day to drive out and then play the fest and a day to drive back, that's tough, but obviously it's a great cause. So, from that side of things, if it happens, I'm sure you guys would be glad to support it as long as it's safe to do so,
1: yeah. And the um, the tour would have made that a lot easier, right? Absolutely, it was probably a, a 12 day run. Um, let do some Midwest as well to get there. So, yeah, uh, so. What we've kind of changed, though, um, is we basically said, hey, we'll try to do this tour in July uh, if we can. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we're going to be the thing that you know we used to make fun of as kids, which is be an internet band. We're not going to schedule any shows. We're just going to crank out new material we're going to record in his basement. Um, in the immediate sense, we have to work with uh, footage we've already shot or, or graphic designers to make some sort of compelling visual to go with these singles, because um, you know, finding a place to shoot a music video at this point is at this point in the quarantine is not easy.
0: Agreed. Have you and obviously a lot of artists are switching over to live streaming, but since Brandon has the studio, that's almost a perfect situation for you guys. Have you thought about doing live streams from his studio?
1: Uh, so what I was looking at was. Um, hate five, six, uh, sunny. Uh, he's been doing these, these video shoots, uh, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, he does, um, live hardcore videos. Uh, and he just did the, the code orange, uh, album release show, uh, nice in the empty venue. So, uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff like that right now. Uh, I saw one this morning for year of the knife. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of the top of, mine because I saw something similar, right? Um, our, our immediate concern is finishing the singles we have. And then after that, um, depending on how long this quarantine is going to go on for, like if it's only eight weeks, you know, no, no reason to change too much of what we're doing. Uh, but if it extends, yeah, live streams make sense, right? Just gives people something to do because... You know, a lot of the people that go out to hardcore shows go out to tons and tons of shows. Um, it's a small fan base, but it's, it's very dedicated. So those people are going to be really missing it right now. And while, um, you know, a live stream isn't the same as being able to, you know, uh, two step and, and, and mosh with your friends or whatever, whichever way you enjoy it, um, the social aspect won't be there, but at least the music can be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that provides fresh and original content using something you've already done. You know, you've written the songs already, but you can rehash them in a live setting to give people an opportunity to not just rewatch The Office on Netflix for the hundredth time, which I think, isn't The Office being taken off right now? So
1: They say that every few months, but uh, it's still there. Okay, that's
0: good. That's good. I hope they postpone that till after the quarantine is over.
1: Yeah, I was about halfway through a rewatch. So that would be a, that'd be a bad time to take it off. Oof.
0: Yeah, I wonder what the numbers for Netflix and Hulu are. And to an extent, even Amazon, you know, I'm sure they have tons of people signing up for Prime just for the delivery options. But I wonder if their viewership is going way up right now because of all this.
1: Yeah. So my day job is uh, R-Alex Acoustics, and uh, we sell through Amazon. And basically, we got an email last week, which was, hey, we're only buying things relevant to the quarantine right now. So we're halting any purchases from from all the other you know, vendors uh, to an extent, right? So hand sanitizer, toilet paper, they're just they're trying to buy as much as they can so they can deliver it because people are really into delivery right now instead of going to Walmart being surrounded by people. So, yeah, on that end, like Amazon's doing pretty good. They're they're making a lot of money. It's uh but they're, you know, only they're only buying certain things right now.
0: Yeah, they have to basically catch up to meet the capacity that's being demanded of them. So, for example, if they have the capacity to store let's just say 10,000 items, which is probably way less than they would store in one warehouse, but let's say one warehouse has 10,000 items and they're selling 8,000 bottles of hand sanitizer a day, they're going to say, well, you know what? We want to sell 10,000 bottles of hand sanitizer a day. We're not going to take in anything else. So that's basically what they're saying. Yeah. But on a much, much, much larger scale because they have, I don't know how many warehouses across the country. I don't know how many... Items And obviously it would depend on the item size and how densely they can be packed and all that stuff. But I would not be surprised if right now Amazon is basically just a disaster internally because they're trying to figure out how they can change what they are doing to meet the demand for all these products right now. And I actually read an interesting article this morning, which was that we do not have a shortage of toilet paper or other essential supplies. The stores are running out because they can't get deliveries fast enough. So it's not a shortage of supply, it's the fact that logistically they just don't have enough trucks to get stuff there at the same time.
1: Yeah, that would make sense.
0: Yeah. So people are freaking out. It's like, well, if you stop freaking out, we'll have more tomorrow. You know? <laughs> it's it's unfortunate that people are hoarding all these stuff. In German, it's called a Hamstackauf, which is like, if you imagine a hamster, they stuff their cheeks full of food. That's what people are doing. And obviously, there's scary times, but I think we might want to remind people, hey, like, you know what? We're going to get through this, and as of right now, there is not a shortage of supplies. You're seeing empty shelves because the stores can't keep up with everybody panic buying, and that's what it comes down to. And I know this is a podcast about the music business, and we're kind of drifting off topic here, But I think it's important for everyone to keep hope because things will get better. We don't know how long it's going to be, but things will get better. And the more you can stay inside, the better. Because if we can all stay healthy, I mean, hell, if we can all stay inside so the virus stops spreading, we can basically stop it in its tracks. Will it still spread? Sure, but not nearly as quickly. Do you have any closing thoughts, Adam?
1: Yeah, I would say just um, don't panic, and uh, when shows start happening again, get out there. Um, that'll be the best way you can, you know, you can support uh, the music industry. Um, is just you know get back out there and attend because we know we know how streaming uh, services pay, we know how everything else pays, and why you can make money doing that. Um, most of these these bands make the majority of their, their money on the road, uh, especially within, you know, like active rock and uh, heavy metal and, 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 you know, whatever um, youth-oriented genres uh, that you might listen to, pop punk or or whatever.
0: Yeah, the artists that aren't getting top 40 radio play in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Saturday to be on the show. And just to wrap things up where can people find you online whether it's you know your instagram pickwick commons dynamic where should people find you
1: yeah uh pickwick commons band on on instagram pickwick commons on facebook um you can find me most active on facebook um and all of my contact info is there
0: okay well thank you again so much man i hope you have an awesome uh weekend and stay healthy and give my best to the guys in pickwick commons